Aiden Maris is a modern-day poet with insightful yet practical tips on how to run our lives. You will hear his story. You will hear his vision and why he's the ultimate outlier. Welcome to Elias TV. Welcome to Elias TV. Hello, hello, and welcome to Outliers TV, our podcast about innovators changing our world. And today, we have the very entrepreneurial experience of being with Mr. Aiden Maris. How's it going? Good. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, man. So, truly a renaissance, man. You're a writer, a philosopher, director of nightlife at Sky Bar in Mondrian. Wearing a lot of hats, man. Uh, I mean... I mean, I don't know if I would be considered a philosopher, but definitely it's, you know, a field of study that I've gotten into. And, uh, you know, writing is a, is a hobby for me. It's, it's a great uh, way for me to express my thoughts. And um, that's, that's why I do it. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for being with us today. And we start every episode with a question, and there's no right or wrong. It's whatever speaks to you, philosopher. And that question is, why you? Why now? Uh, good question. Actually, you know, a lot of the things that I had that I had put in the books um, that in, in kind of indirectly really lead or are intended to lead a reader to find happiness are things that I myself need to practice. And sometimes I forget. Uh, so I felt like now was a good time for me to come back and remind myself and hopefully people out there that um, there are a lot of methods and ways to think and behave that can help lead a person to leading a content and happy life. Yeah. So excellent. Excellent. You know, your, your story really caught my eye because I think, you know, the, the anatomy of a writer or, or a philosopher, I keep saying philosopher, but you know what I'm kind of playing, but you really I'll are. Take, I mean, take it. yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that I've read, it's like, it's deep and I like how it's kind of a hybrid between fiction and nonfiction It's not a self-help book, but it's also not a novel. It's just, it's almost like, self-help with story which always um makes it it's a lot more interesting that way but i think people have an idea what a what what a writer's anatomy or or life track looks like but i feel like you're doing it your own way and and it really caught um our attention yeah so i mean when when, again when when i put these when i put the compositions together when i put the books together they weren't really necessarily initially intended to be put out there in the world as a, as a, as a, a book publication. It was really thoughts that I had um, for myself. And I would think about things and I would say, well, you know, I'm thinking right now, what does that mean? What is thought? What is and, thought? Well, uh, <laughs> <I need> you- <laughs> <laughs> okay. all right. Uh, yeah. What is thought? It's, it, you know, in the book, it's, it's, it's a process uh, of something that comes from, the a physical aspect of yourself but itself is not a physical thing but it's created so where does it come from aspect. Aiden? <laughs> end of the day and i agree with you know some of the old philosophers that it is a you know it is a, a byproduct of your mind and your experiences in life mm. um so it's basically in the book it says it's your you know you, you are your efferent thought you mm. are what's happening in here shown outward to the mm. world 
Right. Um, but for me, it is a, it is a physical. There is a physical process to it, and that's my opinion. Um, and then the result is a thing that's not really tangible. It's 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 not something that you can touch or hold. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever I'm thinking right now in my head, you can't just go in there and and you know capture it and look at it and examine it physically. Right. Right. Um, and that's what it is. And, and, and that part of, you know, thought is also related to the self and that's what the self is. It's, it's a combination of your, your, your physical entity and mm-hmm. then the, the non-physical thought behavioral thing that makes you an individual person. Yeah. When did you discover that you were a writer? When did you start writing these entries that then your friends were like, you need to put it in a book? Y- you know, what's funny. I never... I never in my life thought I could ever write a book. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, you know, when I would daydream or think about, you know, what I was going to be when I grew up, I thought that it was possible for, for me to become Superman. Um, thought about being an astronaut and traveling through space. Uh, I thought about being a world famous boxer. I thought about being a scientist who cured all the diseases. I thought about, you know, a lot of these things or being a superhero and saving people. But I never thought that I could ever write a book. So I thought that I can be a supernatural superhero before I can put a book together. Um, And then over time, as I started to read more, I started to put down my thoughts more and they started to kind of come together. And some of my friends and and, and people close to me would look at it and say, this is really nice. Why don't you write, you know, why don't you go do more with it? And... Uh, I had such I had a, so many snippets that it, um, one day after I finished reading uh, one of my favorite books, Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, it occurred to me that maybe I can do a narrative that's that's kind of in a similar format where I can put my thoughts together um, in a short story or my philosophies together mm. in a philosophical short story, which I mean is pretty uncommon, I think, and I, and I found it to be a, a fun and interesting and engaging activity. And it was very meditative, actually, putting these, writing these books were a very meditative experience for me. And then I found that that was my, my meditative hobby, was writing, and I continue to do so. And that's why I've been putting, um, put out a, a few books, and I have a couple more, too, that I'm going to be putting out soon. What is it about his style of writing, uh, Gibran's style of writing, that appealed to you so much, that kind of gave you that impulse to be like, I can do my own interpretation? I want to say... It was the poetic flow mm. of his writing, the way it, it, it flowed. He used a lot of old English words, but there was a beauty behind it. Just reading it was comforting. Mm. You know, it's like it's like you know you sing a lullaby to a kid. Um, so it had some kind of soothing uh, tone to it, mm-hmm. and that really inspired me and it connected with me. Um, my style is a little bit, uh, I would say, a little. I want to say a little more complex. Maybe is the word. Uh, maybe it doesn't flow as smooth as Khalil would. It's a little denser, but but nonetheless, um, it definitely impacted the way that I write. Right, right. Uh, and I want you to the, I want you to read this passage that we stumbled upon because that um, our dear listeners. So I'm holding here the gift of you, which is an anthology of love and sorrow stories by Aiden Maris. And I asked him what his uh, favorite entry was, or one of them, and he was going to read. It. I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to read it for. Our listeners. Oh, right. Okay. Well, this one is, uh, yeah, this, this one's a mic. series of letters that I had written. And um, this is a passage from the book. And it's basically me talking to a jacaranda tree. And the jacaranda tree is expressing how 
it wishes it had a heart like mm. people do. Mm -hmm. It wishes that it could feel like us. And the tree says, what I could know but a fragment of the love you bear and the aching of your laden heart besides. And fain I drink of your tears, the art imbued with the sweetness of your sorrow and the evanescence of your joy. And together we wept, wet and velvet tears entwined before the eye of the setting sun. Mm, wow. When you wrote this, what, what was going on in your life? You don't have to mention her name or anything. Uh, well, you know, I was, uh, I, I was seeing someone at the time and, you know, we had, we had a short time together. We knew that she was going to be leaving town and um, it, it, it wasn't a, a pleasant experience for me. So I was in a little bit of a, a little bit of pain and I was walking down the street and I just, you know, saw this beautiful jacaranda tree, which are very common in LA, by the way, and they're gorgeous. Oh, yeah, Most people beautiful. don't even notice them. I thought that yeah. song by Prince, Purple Rain, was based on, I've always yeah. thought, but I don't know. They're amazing. Yeah, and I saw that tree, and you see the, 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 the purple blue florets on the ground, and they're beautiful, and, it, and mm -hmm. it's just like, for me, I imagined them as tears. Tears, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, which don't have to necessarily be a, ma a bad thing, and so it inspired me to, to write this because it was really kind of based on you know real life well, and, and it's on. you know what better way to put something out there to the world than self-expression of, of a true experience and um it wasn't easy for me to initially to put it out there uh, mm. but based on her request um i found the courage and i did put all the works out yeah i want to go back a little bit about um when you were saying about thoughts mm. because i think that and you know i i love personal development stuff and philosophies mm. and i i do a lot of that personal work and and it's funny because the the more that you dig is like an onion the more you realize that you don't know what you are at right. all it's just right. yeah we're literally just a bunch of like it's almost the closest analogy that i have is we're like a, a computer program that's been programmed a certain right. way and my program is different than you and when right. you and i short circuit that means that your program i activated something that when you were six you were told you weren't right. good enough and then you said i'll show you and but i think you know modern day psychology kind of but uh it, it's such an interesting topic to me and it always kind of colors all, all my all my shows and and it's really great that um, that you're using your your art as to process what it's like, what it's being a human being to you, right? Yeah. Well, actually, that's that's a great analogy because that's really end of the day what the, the premise of the book is: is that you're colored and impacted by the experiences you have in, in your life, right? And, mm -hmm. and everyone might, you know, see things or behave differently after an experience, um, but you can always change that. There could be a traumatic experience in your life, but yeah, you are programmed. We are programmed. You know, you learn how to speak by constantly observing and listening and hearing. Mm -hmm. You learn how to, you know, you learn how to behave socially in a community based on the interaction that you have and with other people and how they behave. Um, and sometimes some events in your life can can make a pretty strong impact on your behavior, on the way you start to think and how you see the world. Um, negative, you know, negative uh, events could make you start to think about things negatively, um, whereas positive things might, you know, change your opinion about how you view yourself and people. But end of the day, you can always change those aspects of yourself um, with time and training, and uh, which you know brings me to the the main premise of you know the book, the Sage of the Sacred Hill, where. Uh, different people ask different questions about, you know, what is life? What is it to be a person? What is it to think? What is it to lose stuff? 
at the end of the day, the philosopher says, essentially, you know, if you can understand to accept those things outside of your control with equanimity, then you'll be a happy person, right? Mm. Every, anything that you think of as positive or negative or good or bad or wrong or right are all opinions of an individual. And sometimes, obviously, as a community, as a whole. As a collective. And those things can be changed, right? Do you think always can be changed or? I mean, it, it, it's, it's a choice that you have to make and, and it's not necessarily an easy thing. First, you have to recognize it. And then after you recognize it, you have to make a strong choice to change it. And that takes a lot of time and effort just like anything else. Um, is it possible? Yes. Is it easy? No. Does it always happen? Probably not. Because right? you know how like, you know, in this, I'm sure it happens to you or everybody we know, people have their patterns, right? You mm -hmm. know how you can see right. your brother's way and you're like, oh my God, you're dating the exact same girl again with right. a different you know what i mean it's, yeah, i think yeah. friends did a really funny episode where rachel yeah, she was dating ross and all of a sudden right. she was dating this guy russ and it was david schumer with a different nose and all the friends were like dude it's him and she's like no um but do you think maybe because so, so i've been thinking like maybe maybe you'll never get rid of a pattern maybe your whole journey is to coexist with a pattern and right. and i don't know do you sometimes wonder if, if maybe the whole point is not to kind of dissolve a pattern but more to just learn to live with it and and then by that maybe you're not resisting it and then it flows and it does its yeah. thing again it's 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 one of those things where of course you know we're all different people mm. we're, we're, we're not all going to be the same and then what a boring life we would live if we all lived in the community if everyone was identical right we wouldn't yeah. have the arts and, and the creativity and and the excitement that we have in in life right now but um, again, it's a choice. If your pattern and the way you are, if that's okay with you, then great. That's who you are. And that's amazing. Um, sometimes people might, might not be happy with the way they are because they're just not happy in general. So maybe it's them. Maybe it's the environment that they're in. Maybe it's the, the, the thought habits that they have, you know, because there are some people that are, that you may consider always negative. And then there are some people that you might meet that are always happy. If you know, you are content with yourself, why change? You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like, we all have to change, but it's if you do choose to, if you decide, if you have observations about yourself and you think that there may be improvement that you can make in your life, then at that point, maybe it might be a good choice for you to study yourself, understand yourself. You know, maybe if you're okay dating, you know, having that dating pattern with the people you go out with, great. But if you sit there one day and think, maybe this is not working out because I mean, how many people do you meet or that I know, or that you know, that go from you know, relationship to relationship to relationship, and it's never working out, and they're always unhappy about it. Now, they can continue that pattern if they choose to, and if they're okay mm -hmm. with it. But if they say, why am I like this? I wish I can change. Then that's the point where you look into yourself and see, what is it? Why are you, for example, attracted to a certain type? Or is it people or is it you i mean i can't tell you how many friends uh girlfriends that i've had that are constantly going from one relationship to the next to the next and the first thing they do when they break up with a person is they look into their physical appearance they get physical enhancements they start working out and dieting they want to appear more attractive but none of them ever think you know is it me 
Is it my behavior? Am I overly jealous? You know, did my relationship with my parents impact how I treat other people? Um, so if it's a choice that you make and you see a pattern that you're not happy with and you mm -hmm. say, I wish I wasn't always like this, then that's the point where you, you can maybe make a decision for yourself to change. It doesn't mean that you're a good or bad person or the way you are is, is right or wrong. It's just a personal choice. Um, but so instead of looking into your physical appearance and trying to look better for, you know, the next relationship, maybe you do look into yourself and study your behavioral patterns and, you know, that might make a positive change in your life. Mm. And it's, it's advice that I've given to some people that I've known for a very long time because they come up and they say, oh my God, I can't, why am I always like this? Why are these people always like this? And they're always blaming other people. I'm like, well, you know, let's look into ourselves first. And then we can start looking outwardly from there. Preach. That was good. No, you're absolutely right. And have you noticed how it's a lot easier to give that advice? But then when it comes to yeah. us, it's like, oh, forget exactly. it. Exactly. I have the same pattern. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, but I'm good with my pattern, so I'm okay. No, I, I, once heard, yeah. I once heard the analogy that... Um, you know, life's like you're hanging a painting, right? Right. And you would think you know what you're doing because you're so close to your life, but you actually need that person that's five steps behind to show you where you're going. Right, right. Because when you're so close to you, you lose yeah. perception that's true. Of, of that time. Going. Um, so you feel, so your book, so everything that you just explained, um, the whole kind of like looking into one's responsibility or one's part in the situation, could we get that in the books? <laughs> yeah, you, you can. Every, everything is it's pretty indirect. Mm -hmm. um, so there are, again, there are so many hidden meanings within this book. I mean, there are meanings that relate to treating the earth with care and the world around you with care, and it'll care for you back. Um, you know, there are, you know, there are other, there's an opinion, you know, for example, I think in, in the book, there's a, there's a gentleman who comes to speak to the philosopher who's just really upset and is crying and he lost everything, he lost his wife and his kids and his money and da da da. And there's a, um, and there's a, a bird that comes by and sees him. Mm -hmm. and the guy's dressed really nicely and it talks to the philosopher and say, why is this person sad? I mean, look at his, look at his feathers. He looks, you know, if I had those feathers, meaning his outfit, his robe of this person who's sad, mm -hmm. I would have been the king of all the birds on my island if I looked like that. So it's, again, everything, it's, it's another hidden message that everything is really an opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So what you might find to be, oh, this isn't good, it's not working out, I don't feel right. Somebody else might think, you know, you live an amazing and wonderful life, right? Right. Um, yeah, so, and, and, you know, end of the day, these books really were written for myself, right, <laughs> as well. And, you know, I've, I found that they've helped me. And, you know, if, if, uh, if you can find a lot of the, the undertones and, and some of the direct messages in there as well, if they can be a benefit to you, then, then that would make me uh, a happy person and, yeah. and, and no, give me a lot of meaning to, to these books that I had put together. I found, I found a passage here that was uh, pretty great about love. You know, a love is the one thing that I think everyone's always so fascinated because nobody really understands it. Um, so it was about uh, true love ever expiring, right? Mm. And you said, and now the heavens have fallen upon the world and the sea swelled and seethed and were made into mist and from the earth's bowels spewed great fires and flowing rock and all mankind hath drank from the waters of Leith and forever has passed and all has come to an end. And yet in this white nothingness, my mind dwells upon my heart and my heart dwells upon you. 
Yeah, that was uh, intended as an expression of um, everlasting and undying love. So same girl, same person. So in that, in that passage, uh, I guess the the person keeps thinking about, wakes up, thinks about the person, and then eats lunch and thinks about the person, and then you know goes to bed and thinks about the person, and on a deathbed thinks about the person and then after the end of the world and the whole you know the apocalypse or whatever you want to call it happens mm -hmm. and the existence there, ceases the person still thinks about um um his loved one and uh, you know i don't know i don't know about thought you know how i said that yeah. it, in my in my opinion it's it's a physical aspect that becomes a non-physical aspect mm -hmm. does it travel does it go places we always talk about energy you know, do you ever feel like you, you connect with someone without having said a word? So, you know, maybe it's possible that your feeling that your emotion or a thought maybe exists forever. I don't know. You know? I mean, it's I, a very romantic way of yeah. see, seeing it. And, you know, um, but. Well, I think they're, you know, I actually think thoughts are recycled. And I think you're not even thinking them. Like, it's almost like we're all antennas just capturing the thoughts of the community. Like, I think I the it. L.A. thoughts are probably very similar. <laughs> and they travel from person to person. And right. we think it's our own. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so messed up. And it's like, no, this is we've all been infected with this thought. And I think the closest chance that we have is just acknowledging it. Yeah. But as far as controlling it, oh man, this is, we're like one drop in the right, ocean right. going, I think I'm going to go to the left. And the waves just like, oh, shut right. up. No, and then you yeah. made a left and then you're like, oh, I made a left. I broke the pattern. I changed. It took hard work. And you know what? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you, you know, definitely going with the flow. You know, the, the, the idea of the idea of working hard to change again is, is like is is not changing who you are as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but if something about yourself, if, if you don't like something about yourself, you don't like, you know, it's just, for example, you might be overweight and you don't like that about yourself. Mm -hmm. Won't you go to maybe get a gym membership? Won't you start maybe looking into dieting? Won't you start looking into exercising, right? It's the same exact thing with your thoughts. You know, the brain is moldable. Mm -hmm. It's like, you yeah. know, we always hear it. It's like a muscle, um, but it's moldable. And it's, again, it's a choice. If it's just like the physical appearance that, you know what? It, so there's a Epictetus. He he mm -hmm. had a passage that he wrote that people in general care so much about the mortification of the flesh. They care about so much about keeping themselves pretty and and or keeping their body healthy, but very few think about making their soul or their person healthy. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea is, if you don't like something about yourself, whether it's in a physical aspect or even if it's if it's an internal thinking aspect a dialogue that you're yeah having, exactly right? then you can change it but that doesn't mean that you as a person you're not good as you are mm. you know what i mean but it's 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 a, a given quality about yourself if you feel like that it's not something that's helpful for you then why not yeah i think um what's been very powerful for me and and maybe for you as well is just uh, the concept of accepting yourself mm. the more that you just accept it the more that you are not at war with yourself. And then I feel that that's where change can have a, a place. I think that's um, very important, uh, especially living in, in L.A. There's, you know, a lot of I feel like, you know, being in, in the music and entertainment and film industries, there's a lot of judgment, right? There's always casting like, am I yeah. good enough? 
Can I know, be this, here? You know, this person, are they going to cast me in this? Am I good enough for them or for right. this show or for whatever? And so I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a common aspect of, of, of uh, behavior in L.A. where there's a little bit of insecurity. There's a little bit of want for accepting this. There's a little bit of want to appear attractive or um, appear wanted or accepted by other people yeah can i be invited to the right parties can exactly. I, every, everything right it, it's it like we somewhat, live we yeah. live in american idol yeah it, it is somewhat <laughs> part competition. of the culture it is somewhat part of the culture and um but also it's yeah. it with that same token right i yeah. think the the possibility for self-realization is so big because once you don't take the whole thing seriously, 100%. then you win. Exactly. So I always say this. So this is, this is just a two way. This, there's only two ways. Either right. you're going downtown or you're like entering self-realization right. because, and you're, go, you're going downtown when you're letting all these things weight who you are and, di and dictate the, the, your value. But when you don't take it personal, then you could really have fun here. A hundred percent. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, exactly. Don't take it so personal. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Have fun. We're all going to and the same place. Like said, <laughs> listen, life will take you where it takes you. End of the day. Yeah. Right? What is your uh, your highest vision for the the writing projects, for your philosophy entries, and, and for these beautiful pieces of literature that you're doing? What would be the greatest possible outcome for you? I mean, even, even if it has a positive impact on one person outside of myself, that would be a great outcome, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but end of the day, when it comes to writing, at some point uh, on my bucket list, I do, I'm going to veer off topic. Uh, I, I do have a couple more philosophy books that I'm putting together that are short stories similar to this, but yeah. uh, I think eventually I want to get a, a novel together. Mm. On the, on the, you started, man. You yeah, just put it out there. Exactly, yeah. It's done. I actually have, I have, I'm already putting together the, uh, you know, the story, if you will, an outline for a novel. So maybe in a few years. Do you, years. do you like, uh, do you listen to, or do you read memoirs or have you? Not so much memoirs. Uh, most of what I read, again, they're either old philosophies, which as very educational, maybe not so fun to read, uh, but very educational. And then also, believe it or not, um, uh, like fantasy novels. Mm. And there, there was an article that I like read. Like a Harry, good old Harry Potter yeah, situation? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, there, there's an article that I read on the BBC, and they had done MRI scans for people reading different material. Mm -hmm. And they saw that the brain activity in people who are reading fantasy was much greater than that of people reading, let's say, history. Like more areas of the brain were active, like the smell, vision, other, you know, other areas of the brain were more active. Um, and, I, and I found that, you know, reading... Uh, these novels, especially if they're good ones, also kind of teach you a sense of, should I say empathy? Because you, yeah. get to, you get to see so many different characters from their point of view, mm. where if you're an outside observer, you might think of one person as a bad person. But when you're, when you're in their thoughts and observing through their own eyes, you see things from a different, different angle. It changes your perception. Um, and so the novel that I eventually will put together, but you, will. you know, it's fantasy, will definitely have a lot of underlying uh, philosophical concepts in it while still being hopefully entertaining and, and taking people on, on a journey that's outside of this world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that you mentioned empathy because I do think that the new way of art definitely has that that empathy written all over more than ever like right. you you know you i don't know if you saw the joker yet joker but that personally i love that movie yeah, yeah i loved it too and not everyone loves it but i definitely felt that uh 
you walk away with this 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 newfound uh, knowingness of we're not just good or bad. We're, we're byproducts of, of exactly. what's happened. And, and I like what you said about the novels. And I never thought about like when you go into those, where you're reading us, you're, you're, you're in the story of those characters and you're seeing their motivations. You could yeah. empathize and be like, Oh wow. Yeah. I see where you were coming from. I mean, we, we tend to see the end product. We, we, we tend to look at an individual and, and pass judgment sometimes as part of our nature, not understanding who they are, their background, what brought them to be, you know, in that place and in that position. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, man. Joker was one of the, I mean, I said, you know, if somebody was going to be a Joker character, mm -hmm. that's the way it would happen. It was just, it was such right. a, that, you know, he, that person would have had to have yeah. gone through all that. And, and, and then, uh, yeah. And then at the end, I still had, I was still empathetic to the character as mm -hmm. you know, crazy as it was, but. Yeah. yeah, and then you can look at Trump and be like, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe he didn't have a, maybe he didn't have, you're not there yet. <laughs> maybe he didn't have a shot. Maybe, you know what? Maybe everyone didn't have, um, maybe we're doing the best that we can. I, I agree. A hundred percent. You know, we're all, we're all just, you know, trudging along in this world and, yeah. and trying to make the most of it. And, uh, you know, I do, I do work for, um, Hollywood Food Coalition, which is this uh, charity that helps the homeless, and and last night I went and, and I um, I helped serve dinner, and and you look around and you're like, man, that was somebody's baby at one point, yeah. you know, which is so wild. And then I've I've had so many philosophical thoughts about it. I've gone from like feeling bad to kind of be like, maybe they're right. Maybe they're the next in line to enlightenment and I'm still worrying about cars and right. houses in the hills yeah. and they're like, their soul is ready to hit nirvana, right? Yeah, I know. Well, you, you never ne know. You never know. I mean, I, I've, I've had those thoughts too. I'm like, did the person like lose a house and give up? Did, you know, I'd always like create yeah, scenarios yeah. in my head and like stories in my head and, and yeah, you never know. Like, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know who they were born to. I don't know what their household was if they ever had one. I don't know. You know, you but the know. care that the care, the, the, the amount of love and care that it takes for a human being to make it past three or four, that person needed to have been loved so yeah. much, which that's what that's the one aspect that blows me away. Aiden, how can we find you? How can we find these great writings? Uh, right now you can, you can get them online. Um, okay. I mean, Amazon, I pretty much buy everything I own off Amazon right now. So <laughs> we all, we're all going to be working for Amazon. Pretty <laughs> so we got, we have the gift of you, the sage of the sacred hill cage of love. And then you're working on the, the philosopher and the tyrant king yeah so that's uh that's in first draft um it is uh, a continuation or kind of a similar short story to the sage of the sacred hill but i did change the 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 style of writing and it's a little bit more um i guess i don't want to say easier to follow uh but easier to follow <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, well i i gotta words. tell you dear listeners the size of these books are perfect <laughs> yeah for sure they're quick reads yeah i mean it shouldn't yeah. take it that did much did you bring any for uh, these for me at all is this just for show yeah, sure, i'll man. buy i'll know yeah. i'll go to you know what i'll yeah. go to amazon 50 I'll bucks each. I got there we go there we go <laughs> no they're for you absolutely yeah dude thank um, you for having me yeah. thank you so much for being with us today uh what a pleasure it's been and before i let you go i would like to acknowledge you so on behalf of outliers tv myself and the world i acknowledge you for your talent 
and for your heart that wants to truly make a contribution to so many people and use all your amazing lessons to uh, show us the path. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening in. And of course, we want to acknowledge you, the incredible listener. Don't forget to subscribe. Namaste.